Amen. Man, sometimes it's just good. It's good to come in and sing and worship, isn't it? Um, we have been in this series now for a couple of weeks. Uh, if you heard the word grace a lot in worship, you're going to hear it a lot more this morning. You're going to hear it more for the next few weeks. Um, before we get going, just a, a couple of things. One is um, a, a few prayer requests uh, that I, I've had brought to me. Uh, one is uh, from a, a couple in our church. Um, their grandson-in-law was in a pretty, pretty rough ski accident yesterday, and uh, just really, um, just uh, miraculously, the right people saw the accident at the right time, um, so his life was spared. Uh, he's been, he was in the hospital and was treated. Uh, but this this part of their family is away from uh, away from here. His name's Chris. So if you would please be praying for him, uh, Gail and Joe are are the couple that go here. It's it's their nephew. It's their grandson in law, uh, and I know their hearts are just really um, burdened for that his condition and and what their family needs that are a little bit farther away. Um, we also have a friend of our church, uh, Joe Jordan, who texted me and uh, just shared some physical needs and physical requests of some things that are going on. So if you could please. Uh, lift him up in prayer. Uh, we have an individual here at our church that I was had a request shared this morning. That, um, he's just got a, a a big conversation coming up today, um, and and really looking for God's guidance and and leading in that. Um, so if you will be in prayer for him, uh, and we've just got a lot of folks um, in our church that have just different needs, different things going on. Uh, so just please lift him up in prayer. Uh, I had a chance to have lunch a few weeks ago with a, a gentleman that I've recently met. Um, his family's coming to the church and. Uh, uh, just was reminded that he watches our service and is uh, going to need to be away for a little bit. Uh, so, Justin, we just love you and appreciate you and pray for you um, always. So, um, just thank you so much for being around. Had a great time yesterday at our trunk retreat. If you volunteered, uh, you really made that happen. So, thank you very much. Um, if your child left and they just didn't have enough candy, I don't even know what to say to that because um, there there is some left, but the volume and we had a we had a great turnout, great great turnout, tons of families that came by, um, and and we still have a little bit left, not a lot left. So if if, if you're just sitting here today and you're like, I just I need sugar, um, if you'll see me after church, uh, we'll just slip you to the, the 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 room in the back where the candy is, and you can go in there with sunglasses on and get all you need and, and that kind of thing. Um, this week again, um, and I and I. I don't, and I won't apologize. A couple people asked me about them. Still don't have them here. Last week I wore a T-shirt that has our uh, the series logo that's on it. Um, this week it's the hoodie, so we have both of these out. Um, and and I have I, I have realized that grace is greater than ironing. So for the last two weeks I have not had to really think about what I'm gonna wear. I just threw on something um, that is this. And uh, but this is getting expensive. I'm having to pay for all these things. So I need to uh, next week new shirt. Like no, we're not not a not this shirt, but a, an actual shirt. So. I've got to watch the budget. Christmas is coming. Uh, but these will be out in the next week or so. Um, and if this message kind of means something to you and you like one of those, we don't have many, but um, you, you'll be able to get some of those if, if, if that's an interest to you. Um, this morning, we're going to be talking about what something specific. Um, and I'm going to try to get it as specific as I can. But at, but at the same time, if you will forgive me, it's still going to, still going to be a broad enough topic um, to allow a lot of us to be coming at this from different circumstances in life. Um, but I think this word will help us to narrow it down, hopefully some, and I hope this really starts to narrow it down in your mind and your heart as we dig in this morning. Um, the word that we're going to be looking at today that we really want to see, and I really want us to look into Scripture and see kind of what God is calling us to really awaken our minds to. And I, I do want to remind you, um, we've got two sermons in the past on this series already, and, and I don't 
Um, we're, we're, we don't brag around here at church. We don't like bragging. So it's not about just great delivery or great performance, but I do want to encourage you, please go back and listen. First week is, is really grace framework. Last week was really about saving grace. And man, saving grace and, and just really um, the, the above expectations of who we are in Christ, the fullness of that really would, would, would ask for you to take your time to go back and listen to that because um, if we just kind of go with this um, undervalued and underdeveloped and, and mindset of what does it mean to be saved by the grace of God and, and who am I, then, then we'll, we'll not ultimately really grow and will not ultimately arrive at and experience really all that God has for us um, because we are all those things. This week we're going to look at um, grace that is greater uh, than and and here's my word, despair, okay, despair. And, and this is not a word that I, I, don't, I don't go around using the word despair a lot. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how often you use this word, but just to make sure that we're all on a common understanding, despair basically, in, in essence, means a, a loss or absence of hope. Um, now, that, that's, that's got a pretty wide range to it, right? Does that make sense? Like it, it could be just the beginning of loss of hope all the way to, Maybe a complete absence of hope. So even as we begin this, I want to encourage you to really in your mind, because I don't, I don't want us to, um, it's, it's never healthy just to kind of breed into our thoughts all the time, just discouragement, discouragement, discouragement. But we, we, we really need to open some doors to rooms in our life to say, okay, Lord, you, like, you know what's happened. I know what's happened. Why are we not talking about it, right? Like, why, why are we letting it be the elephant in the room? Let, let's, let's, let's draw some specifics to this. So, Lord, we can really see what you'll ultimately do in this. And not, remember, it's, it's kind of our working definition of grace. It's, it's, it's the above expectations that God can do in us, but then it's the above expectations that because of that grace, we can go do things that point people to Jesus. And that's really ultimately what, what the driving force of grace is trying to accomplish. All of that, not just half of it or a quarter of it or part of it, okay? So, it, it, even if you, if you take a few notes... Um, at the first part of this message, I would encourage you to really consider maybe writing down something beside the word despair that is a despair causer in your life. Something that maybe has, and you may not write out a long explanation, but it's just enough for you to kind of go, yep, that, like this is it. This is the event. This was the relationship. This is the thing. Whatever it is, because sometimes it's good to be able to stare that in the face as we really hear God's word and to say, okay, God, now over that, in that, through that, what, what can I really begin to expect? Um, I, I want to ask you this. I, now, this, if, if you like signs, like, Lord, give me a sign, this is your message. I've got two of them up here this morning. This is going to be good. It's going to be good. I, I, I try to bring extra pop, props because um, every, every little bit of me that grew up very um, conservative Baptist, I'm preaching in a hoodie this morning. I'm nervous. I'm afraid word's going to get out. Somebody's going to pop in the middle of service and come get me, right? So if, if the door is open quickly, we have care team people that are going to try to keep this message going, okay? Um, so hopefully this, this is, this is going to connect well with you this morning. I want, I want to ask you this question. This is a little audience participation. Feel free at home to be able to yell out um, your response as well. Um, can, can, anyone, um, can anyone quote, and, and it's, all right, we're showing some grace. It, it doesn't have to be word for it. Can you quote Romans 8.28? How's it start? Somebody give me a phrase. What does it start with? Romans 8.28. It's an encouragement. We send it to a lot of people. There we go. All things work together for good those that love the Lord 
and are called according to his purpose, right? I mean, like, that's my, that, that's kind of my, that's the way I would kind of let that roll off the tongue. Okay, now, I want to tell you this. It, does everybody, would everybody, if you would agree, like, that, that, that that verse triggers you in your mind with the phrase, all things work together. Like, does the, just, just that phrase automatically kind of take your mind there, right? Like, it, it just kind of, it, it's, it has that familiar ring. I want to tell you this, though. That is the most common way people quote that verse. But can I tell you a secret? There's two words that we leave out. Two really big, I mean, well, they're not big by letter count, but, but two really important words that we leave out. And I think it's the difference from us kind of just dropping a little polite note into someone's despair. It's the difference between that and really believing in the grace, the, the, the ultimate magnitude of what grace can do, okay? So, so here's the verse on the screen. Now, the words are not going to seem groundbreaking. They're not going to seem, right, right off the bat, they're not going to seem like they're going to change your life. But I want, you to, I, want, I want you just to read this just in your own minds as, as I read this verse out loud. Ro, uh, Romans 8, 28. We know, that's it. That's, that's the two words, all right? We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That, the, the original Greek, the we know, is Paul's confession. It is an absolute, unshakable confidence that comes from experience. You know what that means? That, that means Paul isn't saying, hey, before I've ever experienced some, some despair, um, when, when life is great and I've really known no problems, Paul is not, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul is not, writing this, authoring this, and saying this verse, not knowing great despair. He's saying this verse. This is a Holy Spirit message in his soul and out of his mouth after he's experienced great despair. See, the, what grace has developed in Paul's life is, is, not a, uh, is not a Christian greeting card of, hey, don't worry, all things work together for good. This is Paul standing up in the middle of the room and going, hey, look, y'all, I've been through some junk. It has been real, it has been raw, and, and it has come from every side. But we know all things work together for good. I mean, th this is an extreme level of confidence. So, so that is, and in in, in from one situation, that, that's the first sign that we want to put up, okay? Because if we're talking about grace, something that exceeds our expectation in us and then ultimately will exceed expectations through us, then, then kind of one one end of the spectrum on the subject of despair is, is ultimately, remember we talked about it first week, grace is God's nature, it's who he is. So God is good, and ultimately we, we believe and trust, we want to believe and trust that God does good, regardless of what the, the mess might be. And, and this is kind of like, we, we look at this as like the message of hope, and, and really kind of the, maybe the finish line is what we look at this as. So when we, when we look into Romans 8, we have this amazing verse that's, that's really well quoted, but again, we already see even just in the beginning of it, it's maybe not fully understood really where Paul's coming from on this, right? So, so let's kind of make sure that we develop this the right way out of, out of the truth of God's word because um, I, I found myself, when, when I studied this passage out, I found myself going, I don't think I've ever really, I don't think I ever include we know. I just r rolled right into, oh, all things work together for good. So I had to step back and go, okay, what, what's, 
what does my experience say? What's the conviction of my heart say? And, and this is what we hear from Paul in this passage. So we're, I want to go a couple verses farther, but then we're going to back up a little bit too because, because I want to make sure that we get the whole story here, okay? Verses 29 and 30. Now, we just heard that all things work together for good. Now, now we're going to get some insight about what that good is. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. There's a great insight in verse 29. What is, what is the good that God is ultimately working towards in my life? That, that, I, that, I, that I sleep better at night? That I'm more financially comfortable? That um, I, just, I just have better days? That life is easier? No, the, the ultimate working there is, is that, that I would be conformed to the image of his son. Now, it's interesting, and, and sometimes um, maybe, maybe you feel like you, you can get, we can get over-analytical when it comes to just specific words, but, I, but, I, but so many times I think it's the beauty of the intentionality and the inspiration of God's word. Um, it says conformed, um, it doesn't say formed, and, and there's a unique difference. So if something is formed, the basic idea is, is that you've taken a substance and you've shaped something initially. Conform means it's already been shaped in some way, but then gets reshaped from the influence of something or someone else. And, and that is in itself a, a, an idea and an, an opening of the door of grace because your life and my life has been shaped by many things. We pray that it's been shaped by the gospel, that that's where our identity is. But, but we also realize when we look back in our life how we've been shaped in some ways that has brought about negative results Things from our childhood, past relationships, many things that we experienced over the years. So we've been shaped, and, and God says, hey, listen, th there are events in your life that are shapers. There are people in your life that have been shapers, and all those haven't led to goodness. Some of those have led to, remember that, remember that word? Despair. So he says, okay, as I work good, I want to, through, through the, the influence of grace, reshape you, reshape your mind, reshape your thoughts, reshape your your emotions, I want to reshape you, not into a better you or a better me, but into Jesus. And it says, verse 30, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So this verse may not have really deep meaning the first time you read it. But um, these verbs that are in this verse... Help us to understand kind of God's perspective on things. Now, th there's always a point where if we really try to understand God's mind, kind of every example that we can work will break down at some point. But man, there's really good glimpses in the Word of God to help us to kind of get some big steps forward. So when you, when you read these verses, it, it, it lets you know a few big thoughts. It's th This word predestined, it, it's, it's, it's aiming our minds at God has, a, God has a work and a foreknowledge of things before we ever existed, a plan. That we're called means that, that God sees us individually and, and there's an intentional act to bring us to Him. It says that those that were called were justified. There's an act in our life where we go from the sinners we were to living in Christ. And, and when we're justified, it doesn't mean that we were cleaned up to a better version of ourselves. It doesn't mean that all of our sin magically disappeared. Being justified means that, that the work of Jesus then stands in our place. 
Then it says, ultimately, you, you aren't just justified, but you're glorified. And, and really, that glorification, um, specifically, that word is unique. There's, it's, it's used in different parts of Romans 8, but, but right there in this point, um, it really refers back to becoming like Jesus, but it also refers forward to how we'll be glorified in heaven, new bodies, new existence, all that stuff. Now, when, when you look at all these verbs, it, it doesn't take long to go, okay, well, all those things don't happen at the same time. And this is a peek into God's mind. You ready for this? God can step back. It's um, with the holidays coming up, you know, as I grew up, I always watched the parades and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yesterday, we had kind of an, we had a trunk or treat event going on. Um, just kind of think about, you know, just some kind of holiday event like that, that you got a lot of people working at, attending and all that stuff. So, so God has this ability to be able to step back and, and know all of it, but at the same time work in it. But because he knows all of it, that means he knew all of it, he knows all of it, and he will know all of it. Does that make sense? I mean, in some way, it's, 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 God's, it's God's holiness and perfection that can know you or me before we were ever born. But also know that we would ultimately belong to him and, and know our whole future all the way into heaven. Yet, in knowing all that, he still realizes the things that will happen in our lives that will lead us to despair. And he goes, not satisfied. I'm going to work in all of those things. So, so it's, it's the ability of God to be able to really do anything. But sometimes we doubt that. We look at writers like Paul and go, okay, man, you, you wrote all things work together for good. I get it. You're passionate about it. But, man, you're not acknowledging the, 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 the realness and the roughness of life. Hang on a second. Let's, let's give him a chance. I want to go back to verse 22 in the same chapter. Now, we're going, to, we're going to go back a little farther than that and catch up, but I just want to lay one thing out here that Paul really just says, okay, let's, 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 let's be honest, okay? Let's, let's say everything about everything, okay? And, and when I say I mean everything, like all the details, okay? Verse 22 says this, for we know, there, there's the same term. So before, don't read ahead yet. Don't, don't read ahead. Look at me for a second. The same conviction from experience, okay? The same absolute certainty because of everything that's gone on, Paul is certain about this, okay? For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Okay, now we're going to get a little bit more context, but I want, to, I want to take you to basically what Paul is saying because he's talking about, he's talking about everything from Adam and Eve Till, till the day that he's alive, everything that happened when he was a kid up through his 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, he's talking about everything, and, and we can sum it up this way. Paul's saying this, I've got as much conviction in all that God can do, I've got as much conviction that, guess what? Life is hard. Isn't that great? Like, Paul, hey, Paul, I didn't know you were human, right? This is awesome. We just thought you wrote these hits over here. Like, you're a real dude, man. Thanks. Like, you didn't just say, hey, look, I made it. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm still making it. Okay, I'm still making it. Now, here's one of the big issues, and I want to go ahead and say this before, the, before we really even go into these other verses. Have you ever just thought in your mind and really grieved in your heart how far away that is? Does that not, like, in despair? I mean, in that first moment of we lose a little hope, or it just seems a little bit absent, we, we look and we're like, I guess some people live there. I guess some people make it. But I'm right here. 
And maybe I'll feel like I'm right here, but then I'll feel like I go back to right here. And you know what we're going to discover through this? I want to go ahead and spoil it for you. Well, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. I just want to tell you this. This is not the only place that grace lives. Okay? So so let's let's see evidence of that. I want to go back to verse 18. um, Because because verse 18 really starts to kind of frame this. It says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. All right, so when we're, we're talking about a comparison, remember our grayscale and, and, and this jar of, of dark material? This, this thing is going to get a lot of beat up, this, this series. Like, we're just talking about this jar like it's just the worst thing in the world. Um, this jar, if you remember, um, last week represented everything that kept us from saving grace, okay? This week, this represents despair. This is not a popular jar. This represents despair, okay? Paul's argument is this. For I consider that, the, and remember, this is before, again, we're, we're now we're verses ahead of, I know this, and I know this. He said, for the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. So he, he's already saying that the other side of the scale is going to be occupied by something. Now, if you go back a couple of verses, um, it, it actually used this phrase, that this verse won't be on the screen, um, but, but he, he makes this point in verse 17. Um, if indeed we suffer with him, that being Jesus, so that um, we may also be glorified with him. Um, the, the reality and the truth, and I do want to dispel any, um, any wrong thoughts that may have been there. Um, being a Christian doesn't mean all butterflies, clouds, and rainbows. Okay? It doesn't mean that. It doesn't need that. In, in fact, there's, there's elements of despair, of suffering, that just enhance our ability and allow us to, in fact, look like Jesus and, and have a relationship with him and, and, and be glorified with him. In other words, be identified with him. Verse 19 says, For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons um, to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willing, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruit. So, so here, here's what we're going to start talking about. Um, not grace just living over there, but this is this is Paul starting to flesh out and unpack grace to say, okay, what happens between here and there? What are, what are some grace things that happen between here? That, that we have the Spirit as the first fruits. That refers back to what we talked about last week, saving grace. That when we are saved, one of the, you know what first fruits means? Um, you ever heard of a first fruits offering? Um, that's something that Wendy and I have done. It, it's, it's, not a, uh, it's not a thou shalt in the New Testament commandment, right? So don't feel like I'm, 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 I'm saying you haven't done something right. Uh, but one of the things that we've tried to do as, um, in our lifetimes is, is representative of some things that God um, did call people to do in the Old Testament um, is um, a first fruits offering. So um, anytime that we've ever changed jobs or got a new job in our lifetime, um, we, we've tried to give that first paycheck as first fruits to the Lord to say, we're, we're trusting you for this whole journey, okay? So that, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get attention for myself. I'm just saying that's an example of a first fruits offering. Now, 
Um, uh, just so you know, if you were at the trunk retreat yesterday, uh, my middle son will also be giving in an offering um, coming up soon. Um, his job yesterday, I told him, I said, man, we got, we got hot chocolate, we got apple cider. Like, you, you're a funny kid. Here's your job. Here's an iPad. Google corny Halloween jokes and just tell jokes to the kids. Didn't realize that he took a paper cup that people were filling with hot water to mix hot chocolate and apple cider, and he wrote on there, keep in mind he's in eighth grade, tips for college. <laughs> My son made $10 yesterday. <laughs> he actually told me, he said, I said, how, I said do you have, what do you have money from? And he told me this, and I said, how much money is that? He said, $9, and I took it from him, and I counted I was like, son, it's 10 He's like, oh, I already took out the tithe. Seriously? Like, what, what kind of racket is this? I was like, guess what? It's all going to the Together campaign, dude. Like, what are your tips for college? We don't even know that you're going to be out of prison by then. Um, that's what a first fruits are. Don't, somebody said all. Oh, don't say all. Oh. That's, that's my child. Don't, you know, he don't need all. Um, that, that's, that's first fruits. And, and, and that's, a, um, that, that's a sign of our relationship with the Lord. It's part of the first fruits of that, being adopted, being a child of God, being redeemed and, and brought into his family. The, one of the, very, the biggest first fruits is we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. But it doesn't just end there. It says, um, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now, in this hope, we are saved. Okay, so that, that's evidence of, of God's hope. The, we, we didn't have hope, but we received hope and salvation. It says, but hope that is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? Paul would argue this point. If we already belong to Christ, that's firm. That's no longer hope. That's reality. But there's other things that we hope for, things that we hope for out of, what's the word again? Despair. Now, this is what he says next. Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. You ever heard the statement, what you see is what you get? Man, praise God, that's not the grace of God. In fact, what we don't see is what we will get. That's incredible. And, and, and it's, it, it's a mental discipline to go, I'm not seeing it right now but I'm going to choose to trust in it. That, I'm not saying that this is easy. In fact, I'm saying that this is, this, is, this is really only going to be possible in our lives through the work and the power of what God can do in us, then after, through us. This is in the same way. Okay, so just like, just like it was guaranteed that we received God's Spirit and salvation, in the same way, in the same certainty... The Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Now, we're going to talk about weaknesses in a different week, so we're not going to dwell on weakness, but I want you to consider this a unique weakness. Because we do not know what to pray for, as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is an, inc man, this is an incredible truth, okay? Have you ever been in a place... Where, where you were so, like despair was so prevalent, you weren't even sure what to pray for? You ever been in a situation where you're like, Lord, do I, do, like in this situation, like I, I, I want healing or I want healing for this person. Do I pray for that? Like is, like, is, is that what you're going to do? Or, or, or do I just pray for the, the ability to have patience in it? Or like, what, what do I even pray for? Or are you just, you've been, you were so emotionally in despair that you were just like, I don't even know what the right way to think or feel about this would be. And you, you just have this inward inclination to come to God, but it, it's just like words are not coming out. Here's something that it, because here's, here's expectations. 
We're broken people. A reasonable expectation is that you and I can't fix all of our own problems. Despite what every self-help guru would want us to say. We can't fix all of our own problems. So that's, that's actually expected. So what's, what's, a, what's, what's beyond that expectation? When, when our hearts are so grieved that we can't quite form the words, just that, that pain that's within us, the Holy Spirit hears that and translates it into just an audible groaning. It, it, it's not even fully in words. And you know why it doesn't have to be in words? Because... It, it, it says here, let, let's be clear, God knows already everything about me. And in the middle of that despair, it's not just his knowledge, but it's an intimate listening of the Holy Spirit going, let's make sure this message gets to the Father correctly. Know this, you don't have to have the words, Derek. I, I'm, 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 I'm speaking to for you. Like, I'm, I'm going to the Lord on this. It, it's, it's us communicating. We're talking about it. We're, we're working. And, and if God's having conversations about it, man, that's grace. That, this, that exceeds my expectations. So I can then start to hope and expect. And just expecting goodness of God and grace from God, just that alone is grace in itself. That it won't just stay here. And it might not be here yet, but there's grace ground between those two points where God will work. In us and through us. A few weeks ago, we said this. Um, this is um, out of 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. I just want to remind you of this. And God is able to make grace abound to you, exceed expectations, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. You may exceed expectations in every good work. So when Paul was at a moment where he couldn't even pray himself, the grace of God came in above expectations and said, I, I, I'm going to communicate with you and for you. So that in this moment, you can even just begin in some way to, to be able to rest in that and to be able to mentally start to gather yourself. Now, here's the point that we made off that verse. Grace increases our capacity to experience and point others to God's glory. I want you to consider a time that you've really kind of been in despair for a minute. Okay, just kind of kind of lock that thing in, whether it's an event in life or relationship, whatever, just kind of kind of lock just a, a season of despair in. Is it is it is it not amazing that even in the moment where we can't we can't even see that sign yet? God is already working and communicating and wanting to assure us that that relationship is real and conversations are going on. Isn't that something? But I also want to ask you this question this morning, because I, I, I've, this week I kind of I wrote out some things in life that I said, okay, this would, this would describe some seasons of despair. If you've, if, you've come, if you've come out of any of those, or you've at least traveled far in those, would you say that there's, there's ways that you've really kind of come to know the Lord's love and grace that maybe you didn't know before? Like, I don't even want you to feel like you got to give a quick yes on that because we're in church and everybody says, well, what's the main answer in church? Yes in Jesus, right? Like, like don't, don't answer too quick. But I mean, really think about, like, is, is, is there, is there, was, there some, was, was there some peace in there where I got reassurance from the Lord that he's real and I belong to him? Was, 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 there, a, was there an amazing work within that that you saw him really lose some chains Make you know that there's something you were forgiven for. Not that you didn't do it, but that you could walk free from it. 
Was there some growth? Was there some hope? Was there something in there? And, and would that, next question, would that certainly have happened without that season of despair? For me, I, I'm only, I can only answer for me. As, as much as you want to push back, as much as I want to push back and say, Lord, I didn't want that. Then I, I, look, at the, I, look, I look at my personal history with the Lord and go, where do I see, where, where can I identify myself going, I would have arrived there anyway. I would have gotten there on my own, God. I would have stayed so dedicated to you that, that, I, that I, would have, I, I would have gotten that concept. I would have been, I would have been so confident that like Paul, I could, have, I could have stood up and said, I know. Would, would the conviction have been as real? Now, I mean, I, like, again, it doesn't deny that life is hard. doesn't deny that God is good and God does good. It just really puts it in a place to go, okay, God, Man, I really got to work on trusting you that you really do know the big picture, but you're also working in the details with grace. And, and God, ultimately, if, if becoming reshaped by grace gets me to look like Jesus, I, I've, I've really got to start to hope and trust in some of these things that, that, that have come through my life and happened. Because you are good and you do good. And, and is... Is being more like Jesus worth despair? If the answer is no, the Christian life is going to be disagreeable. But if the answer is yes, then we go back to what did Paul start this argument with? Man, it's, it's honestly, Paul says, look, there's, there's really, like, we could spend all of our days talking about all the bad stuff, but is it really worth comparing? I mean, that's, that's kind of his, that's his thesis. He's not trying, I mean, he, he's really saying, like, like really? Like, if, if we just drop some grace in, it, it happens every time. And, and in glory in heaven, like, it, will we step into glory in heaven and go, man, but, you know, in 2021, COVID, phew. No, we'll be like, Jesus, it's you. It's you. I want to I just talk about a couple, just a couple quick evidences of, of just making sure that we see this in the life of Jesus, that he fleshes this out the same way. Because remember, I told you at the first of this um, series, Jesus never preached on grace. He just did, everything was grace. And, and Paul and other authors really help us unpack it. Um, let's look, I just want to mention a couple things, pretty popular stories. Um, one is out of Luke 15, it's the prodigal son. You remember the prodigal son? Man, he, man, he went far from, from his father. And, and the father in that story represents God. And and prodigal son got so far from God, so far from his father, that he finally just looked at himself and was like, I am a mess. My life is a wreck. It is better to, it is better to be an employee of my father than to be where I'm at now. I'm, gonna go, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go beg for the lowest job and own his way back. Right? Man, the father didn't send a messenger out to say, you piece of scum. Saving grace welcomed him in. The father himself ran out. Just like in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is God made flesh for us. He did not send a messenger. He came himself to bring us into saving grace. And offer it, as we sang this morning, it's free. But also as we sang this morning, it came at a cost. 
So what do we see above expectations for that son as he realized the kind of despair that he was in? A welcoming by the Father. And in our despair, we just read that about the Holy Spirit just in the way the Holy Spirit works through prayer in our lives. It, it, we, we have a welcoming constantly wherever we are in the distance between this point and this point. Here's another one. This is one of my favorite ones in, in all of the four Gospels. Um, we, we, we discussed this a little bit in D-Life a few weeks ago, plug. Seventh miracle, the seventh miracle in order of, of all the miracles that Jesus performed, Matthew 8, is a man cleaned of leprosy, healed of leprosy. At this point, Jesus had not, please take note of this, Jesus had not done a miracle that was just like this. He had, he had changed water into wine. He had healed some sickness. There's some things that Jesus had done. But he had done nothing just like this. Now, sometimes in despair, when we're a lot closer here and we feel way far away from there, you know what we think? God, I've never seen you, I've never seen you do anything that would take me from here to there. I have never seen it. And Satan wants to flood into that thought and go, agreed, it's never been seen. And what you see is what you get. So only the best of what you've seen is what you'll get. And the gospel says, no, shut up, Satan. Now, some people don't like shut up, but yeah, sorry, used it. I'm going to read three verses out of this account. You ready? Um, verse 1, when he came down from the mountain, that's Jesus, large crowds followed him. Right away, a man with leprosy came up and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Reaching out his hand, Jesus touched him, saying, I am willing, be made clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. If you'll leave that verse on the screen, can I, can I show you a mistake? Not in Scripture, but in me. Here, go back to the, just, yeah, the, not that one, the other one. Immediately leprosy was cleansed. Doesn't that sound like God is good and God does good? And, and we read that passage and go, okay, there it is. There it is. There's the proof. Nope. Again, we missed something. Go back to that other slide. You're about to see it. This is good. This is, I, I would even argue that maybe this is better. Okay, so, um, and if you want some really weird, awkward reading, Leviticus 13 and 14 talks about skin diseases, okay? It's in the law, super weird, super awkward, and, and, and everything in there actually happened to people. For this individual, whenever he, he developed an, uh, an, an outward sign of leprosy, it would have been noticed, and even the people that he would have lived with in his family did not want to run the risk of catching this. They would have sent him to a priest. Now, a priest in that, in that moment would have operated um, as, a, as, as, as someone that would be in a spiritual authority, but also they also filled some roles that, that involved just physical health and well-being. If that priest took out the law and said, okay, what I'm seeing, he, he's looking at WebMD, he's like, okay, I'm seeing this, it's this, it's this color, there's some, uh, uh, that's discharge, um, and, and he's looking here going, okay, check, 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 whoa, unclean. And that was the diagnosis. When that diagnosis was made, immediately, there, there, there was no go back home and pack a bag. It was, it was get out of here. 
go, you, you have to go live separate. If you're fortunate, maybe you'll find others that are like you, and it will be a miserable existence, but that is where you will live. And you have to declare yourself to keep others well, that you don't contaminate them by screaming out unclean if anyone of good health would even come close enough to you. You're ostracized. Family, career, everything. Nobody talks to you. Nobody. Verse 3. Reaching out his hand. Here's the grace. Jesus touched it. Hey, can you feel that? In your soul. It didn't take totally. Did Jesus take it to here? Yes. Because for everyone, he ultimately takes it to here, at least in glory, in heaven. But it didn't wait on this. In that moment, someone who had not felt physical touch by someone, not been shown kindness by someone in an amount of time that we don't even know, knelt down without having anything to compare his issue to. He couldn't have had confidence that, that for sure leprosy would have been clear, would have been cleansed. But he said, if you're willing, Jesus, I, just, I believe, I'm desperate. I'm in the middle of, what's our word? Despair. And, and, and before, you know what the certainty is? I, I believe that Jesus touching him was just part of the assurance that that was already on its way. And there's times in my life, and, and maybe you've seen those kind of same times, where, where there's been something that has happened before you've gotten all the way across to there that, that has been meant to be the certainty of grace that says it, it, it's, it's, it's on its way. It is on its way. Grace is greater than despair. Grace that is greater than despair is everything God does, including everything He does between life is hard and God is good. There was a uh, there was a group of um, there was a group of ladies who were uh, really dedicated to philosophy in the nineties, and they wrote this: "Someday somebody's gonna make you want to turn around and say goodbye." Y'all read the book? Until then, baby. That's where it got awkward. Are you going to let them hold you down and make you cry? Don't you know? Don't you know? Things can change. Things will go your way. If you hold on for one more day, can you hold on for one more day? Things will go your way. Hold on for one more day. They had this ministry company called Wilson Phillips and moderate success in the 90s and then their ministry closed down. Um, that, that I, and I say that, I, I know we know we're joking, right? But, but it, life has taught us that it's hard enough that it's not just like, okay, hold on one more day. Like, because tomorrow was ju is just this, like, we just discovered that that day becomes today and then today is just like it was yesterday. I want you to understand something. That the grace of God, we can read verses that just say it's not worth comparing. But that doesn't mean that, that, that the things that cause despair aren't worth identifying. 
because you know what it does? It sets the mark. It, it, it puts the stake in the ground and it says, okay, let's just call that the starting point and then, and then we could go ahead and, 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 and mark that there's, an, there, there's, a, there's a good point over here, but, but we don't as believers have to wait just on this. There is so much ground of grace that we, we experience in this that if we don't share this, because this exceeds expectation. This, expectation is, I, I just, it's nothing until I get there. But God does so much to exceed our expectations, even in here, that, that in us that's worth knowing and understanding and then sharing and, and involving that story into other people's lives. Because you know, I'm so, you know how many people live in this gap? I mean, think about that for a second. How many people exist in this gap with us? Man, it seems like almost everyone. So if we, if, if we have that good work of sharing God's, the stories of God's grace in there, Think about the impact of what it creates in people that they don't have to see it yet. Can I just add, and I, and I, don't, I don't know if this is for my own assurance, but, but does, does this connect on some level this morning with you? Like if it does, if you don't mind, just kind of nod. If it, if it doesn't, don't nod your head. Like, I, that's okay, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But, but like, like, I hope it does. Because we, we need grace that is greater than despair. Because we will have that at times. But as God's children, we'll always have grace. Would you mind bowing your heads for just a minute? As the praise team is going to come back up at this time, they're going to lead us in a song. And during that song, I want to, we're going to have just this area up front open to pray. And if there's something, especially if it involves anything that would lean itself towards despair, I want to invite you to come up front and, and just pray over that need. If that's where your heart is, if, if you would like to pray with someone, if you'll just come up to the front and kind of before you, before you either kneel to pray or just kind of bow your head to pray, if you'll just kind of look to one side or the other to kind of make some eye contact, man, somebody will come pray with you. But if God doesn't move you to, to, to pray here, and I, I, just, I, I just trust and I, I know God's word is true and I, just, I, just, I hope this is speaking deeply in your soul. If you don't know that you have a relationship with Jesus, that that grace opens up and, and, and initiates and is present throughout the days of your life and all through eternity, if you don't know that you have that relationship with Jesus, it, it is a free grace. It is God's message to you that, that our sin nor our goodness won't satisfy the separation that exists between us and a perfect and holy God. But He made a way through Jesus Christ through his life being lived out perfect and in a representative way, dying for, for, for all sin so that, so that it would stand, that sacrifice would stand in the place of me and you as, as satisfying, a satisfying full payment to God to bring us into the family. That we would be met by that Father rushing to get us, welcoming us, not back from where all we've been, but just into the family because that's our existence and our identity. And if you're hungering for that relationship, please come up and, and, and talk to me. Talk to someone. You, you can sit there and you can believe in Jesus and you can trust him and you can confess in your heart that he's Lord, that he's in control. You're giving your life to him and God will save you. But please let us know so we can live this life together and we can celebrate with you and pray for you as you begin those steps. If you are just hungering for, for that, like you, you don't even expect to cross the finish line today, but you're hungering for that, that touch trust and ask this morning 
and be ready to receive. Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for who you are and for the time that we've spent here, Lord. God, time is, is your creation. We rush through it. We, we let it drag. We, we try to get more out of it. But God, for the time that we've had here, God, I pray that it's just been committed to you with our whole hearts. And we've just come seeking grace, ready to receive grace, trusting in it, knowing that it's going to exceed every expectation and what you'll do in us. And as that takes effect, it'll exceed every expectation and what others can receive and what others can hear as it comes out of us. God, for the hearts that are in despair, the minds that are in turmoil, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you bring peace. Lord, we ask for the bodies and the physical things that need to be healed. Lord, that through the name of Jesus, you bring healing to your glory. That you shape us and remold us and make us into the image of Jesus. And God, you give us the, the grace to live in, receive and accept whatever it is, God, that, that will accomplish that. In the great and glorious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet?